Hail to the Podcast is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Do you know ticket prices drop right before the game starts? And because Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. So with Game Time, you can buy your tickets in just two taps. You know what I wish I could do in just two taps? Clean my house. Maybe I need a Roomba. Two taps and your house is clean. You can watch sports all day. It's that easy. But until then, I've got Game Time. The Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. You can download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. with D Hall. What's up, D Hall? What's going on, Aaron? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. The Redskins, they're now three and ten. Doesn't that sound lovely? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Tell me about it. Three and ten. Mm-hmm. So what have you seen um that you've liked? So I mean obviously at this point we're really looking towards next season. What have you seen that you've liked from Dwayne Haskins? I know he was kind of fighting through some Injury issues. Yeah, on and, and Aaron, before I talk about what I saw good from Dwayne Haskins, why is he out there on the field? Like, if he's limping around like that, he can't even be himself. I'm sitting here watching this game. Like, why is this dude still out here? Because all I kept thinking about was RG three fighting through an injury, getting hurt, and never be- being the same player again. And I don't know exactly what's wrong with Dwayne Haskins, but when you limp around like that and can't even put pressure on your foot to plant and drive the ball in on a throw and still make some of the good throws he made, I was thoroughly impressed with him, but I'm a little disappointed that he was even out there playing because, to me, it it, it makes no sense. The same reason they're shutting down Darius Geis with the MCL um, is kind of the, the opposite logic they're doing for Dwayne Haskins. They let him battle through. Like, I don't need to see if he's tough uh, 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 at 3-10 and 10, uh, against the Green Bay Packers. Like, I'm not going to find that question out uh, right then and there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I was expecting to see Case Keenum come in. And you would think, like, after all the injury issues this team has gone through the last few seasons, that they would have been a little more cautious. I get it if Haskins is begging to play and he wants to be in hey. there, but – Every dude is going to be begging to play. That's how we're wired. If you aren't begging to play, you don't. I don't want you on my team. And so as a coach, as trainers, as anybody who has anything to do with that organization, I got to protect these guys. And me protecting these guys is telling Dwayne Haskins, hey, young fella, I love your fight. I love your grit and attitude, but we're not going to get better today. We're not going to get better watching you go out there on basically one leg, not, a, not being able to really elude the rush. He was a sitting duck in that pocket at times. And as bad as I'm saying he looked because of his ankle, he still made some great throws. It was time and time again. I mean, I, I can remember watching 
the game and hearing Rondé Barber say, wow, I don't know why Dwayne Haskins is out there, but that was a heck of a throw. Like this dude is throwing this ball with one foot. And you know what I mean? And it's like, dang, Rondé, you're right. He is really throwing this ball and muscling in throws and dicing up this defense um, on one leg. You know, yeah, it reminded also, me of it, what does he have to prove? They're not playing for anything. Get the exactly, kid out of there. Exactly. And I know I was a big person who said, hey, look, Dwayne Haskins needs his reps. He needs to be out there. He needs to be learning. He needs to be in game situations. That is 100 percent still still my opinion. But it's only my opinion when he's healthy and he's able to be himself when he's out there on one leg. I'm not accomplishing what I'm trying to accomplish because he can't play the quarterback position the way he's used to playing. Even seeing him trying to get out of a pocket here and there, he's limping. He's just not able to be himself. And that, to me, uh, was frustrating as a fan because all I saw in that game was somebody rolling up on that ankle or something happening um, and him hurting it worse than it already uh, was hurt and 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 and, and him – and him and that situation basically setting the franchise back. Because if you get injured right now, a season-ending injury, you might as well chalk out next season too because it's so late in the season. I was fortunate enough to get hurt week three a couple times early in the season. But when it's early, you got a chance to basically use that season as a wash, rehab through the offseason, and be back by the time the season starts. When you get hurt later in the year and in the playoffs – you pretty much got to say, hey, that whole next season is pretty much gone. And mm-hmm. imagine what we're going to be saying if that's the case at the quarterback position. Well, let's segue from since we're on the topic of injuries, and I know uh, you probably have a lot to say about Darius Geist, but the MCL sprain, just another setback for the Redskins yeah. running back. I mean, it's been an injury-filled start to his NFL career. He tore the ACL in his left knee during that preseason game last year, uh, missed his rookie campaign. Then he tore the meniscus in his right knee in 2019, sorry, um, in that opener. Um, And so now what is your take on this MCL sprain? Look, you know, the kid was playing really good football. You take the game he had in Carolina, the couple runs he had in in Green Bay, and there's so much to be optimistic about. Um, It's just – it's tough, Aaron, because we can't sit here and say what could Darius Geis have done different. It's not much he could have did different. He ran the football. He got hit on his knee. It happens sometimes. You know, I'm – I'm sitting here thinking about a guy named Charles Woodson, who we all know is a first ballot Hall of Famer. And early in his career, he was always hurt. He was almost labeled a bust. Well, not really a bust, but he he was always hurt to the point that Oakland said, hey, man, we don't want you. Sent him to Green Bay. And he goes on to continue a, a Hall of Fame career. And sometimes it's just the luck of the draw. Some dudes get hurt early in their career and they're able to bounce back. Some dudes get hurt early. They never bounce back. Some dudes get hate, hurt late. Um, and so, you know, I was a guy who got hurt late. And so for Darius Geis, I just want to say, hey, buddy, keep grinding, keep working, keep rehabbing, keep doing all those little things. Keep staying around a guy like Adrian Peterson because he's been lucky and blessed enough uh, to be to healthy. I mean, we stuff. we yeah. hurt Adrian. Look, I say we. We played Minnesota, gosh, I think it was week 10, 11, 12, one year. Tore Adrian Peterson's ACL. Didn't do it on purpose, but we had a guy hit him low towards ACL. AP came back first game of the season and set the record, 2,000 yards. Dude's a and beast. And so, 
Yeah, I mean, stranger things have happened, especially at the running back position. But, you know, when you take those kind of hits and guys coming from all different angles, you know, you, you got a you got a greater chance to get hurt. And Darius has, has been unlucky in a sense that it seems like every time he's gotten hit kind of down and around those, you know, those lower extremities, you know, it, it, it always results in something. And, you know, you hate to see that for a kid who's starting to have a little bit of success. Um, you know, him along with, with, with Dwayne Haskins and, 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 and the rest of those guys on that offense, Terry McLaurin, they, they give you a lot to look forward to offensively because you are starting to see, hey, we have some weapons that can make plays. Um, now you're seeing with Darius Geis, which has been the problem with this Redskins team, is can we overcome the injuries? Can we keep him healthy? Um, and, yeah, you know, couldn't have happened to a better dude, man. You know, I feel so bad for him. I just was – was 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 texting with him the other day about how how just impressed I was with that performance and how he was grinding. Um, I gave him my game ball on NFL Total Access the other day, uh, and you know I'm a fan of the kid, and you know I hate it for him. It couldn't happen to a uh, to a better person. I agree, and just the he's had to battle back and has suffered you know so many injuries since he started the MCL though. Uh, not as severe as an ACL yeah. Um, yeah. in terms yeah. of like the healing potential on its own. What what can you what kind of light can you shed on that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. He doesn't I mean, need surgery, right? Yeah, I was gonna say it should be a non-surgical deal where he just needs time. And the only reason they're going ahead going ahead and shutting him down, this is typically an injury that lasts two to three weeks. You want to be super super safe. You, you know, you might keep the guy out four weeks. Is about but four given weeks his left in the season. You might as well yeah. shut it down since they're not yeah. playing for anything. And it, and it's and it's and it's only about four weeks left in the season. So why risk it? Get another guy in. You're going to be up against the numbers when you talk about who's up for special teams, practice squad. So just go ahead and put him on IR. Save him. Um, don't try to rush him back out there because, like we like we've all been saying, you aren't playing for much. And so let's make sure we get this kid the best opportunity. Um, to be ready next season, and I think that's what this—that's what this team's doing. I think it was a great, great decision. All right. Speaking of decisions, it sounds like Dan Snyder has a big decision to make when it comes to team president Bruce Allen. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. is your take on all of these reports? It's hard when you're around the team and here locally. We hear so much about Bruce Allen. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but now it's, I mean, reports are coming from every direction. I mean, even mm-hmm. like today we are hearing he might get fired and lose his job. Where are you at with this situation? Have you talked to Bruce or what's your assessment of what's going you on? Know, I, you know, I reached out to Bruce. Bruce is at, uh, is at team meetings or winter meetings down in Dallas. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're, we're supposed to connect, um, you know, when he's back in town, uh, you know, but I, you know, like I said, Aaron, I've always been a fan of Bruce Allen. Uh, you know, I I do think sometimes uh, the job can be a little bit too much for anybody. And so, with that being said, I would have loved for Bruce to go ahead and name a GM um, to kind of take some of that responsibility off his plate. You know, he he's he's got a lot to kind of deal with. They're trying to get a stadium. You know, is, is they're looking for a head football coach now. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that's going on in that building that is like, man, if you can just have more eyes, more people helping the process of, of finding football players, it's just one less thing you have to do. Uh, and so it, it's going to be a tall order if Bruce Allen is not here to 
to go in one off season and find a, 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 a new president, a new general manager and a, and the head football coach. That is a tall order for any organization to try to fill in one off season. And so, you know, I would love to see Bruce stay here. I know the fans are probably going to jump down my throat, but I do like Bruce. I, I, I do have a great relationship with him. And I do think everything that we view as a problem can be fixed, can 100 percent absolutely be fixed. What I don't know. That? I don't know all that's 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 all the details of the whole Trent Williams situation. So I'm taking that whole scenario off the table and saying this football team can be fixed. They have players. They have. Go ahead. Go ahead. You brought up Trent. And before I want Mm -hmm. you to finish your point. Sorry for interrupting. But if Bruce Allen were to lose his job with the Redskins, would that change Trent's mind and and maybe open that door at all? I don't know. I don't know. Um, You know, I've asked Trent that question and he's kind of, you know, he's noncommittal to the answer. You know, it's not a yes. It's not a no. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he, 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 he. this this was personal for him and anyone who's dealt with any kind of situation personally you kind of got to throw logic out the window and so maybe Trent's not thinking logically maybe this organization isn't thinking logically I don't know um at this point it's still a lot to be uncovered and the truth has to come out I think um you know I think with the whole grievance situation that was filed um you know, as far as them withholding Trent's back half of his salary, putting him on the NFI list, you know, I think all of those things still have to be worked out. Um, but, you know, I, I, I can't answer that question for Trent, uh, Aaron. Yeah. Do okay. I think there's a good chance he possibly would want to be here? I I, I don't know. You know, right. he, okay. he's kind of he's kind of been hot and cold about it for, for, for so long now. I think for him and his organization, you know, if I was a part of this front office, I think it's best that everyone Turn just move page. on. Yeah, I think no, Trent I needs to go agree. somewhere else. I think this organization needs to say, hey, thank you for being a great player for so many years. We appreciate you. We wish you nothing but the best. Sorry. If we did anything wrong, sorry. If if, yeah. if that's the way things happen. I, you know, I don't think you try to make this arranged marriage work at this point. I think too many people feel feel, you know, have their beliefs and their stances and I don't think anybody's going to be persuaded one way or the other. D Hall, before we move on, I want to tell our listeners about DoorDash because I usually work late and by the time I get home, I am starving. And the last thing I want to do is cook. That's why I like to treat myself to the meal I deserve. And my favorite restaurants, they come right to my door with DoorDash. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. So you don't have to worry about dinner. You can let dinner come to you with DoorDash. So right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of 15 bucks or more when they download the DoorDash app and then enter promo code HAIL. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code HAIL. So don't forget, the promo code is HAIL for 5 bucks off your first order from DoorDash. Now, circling back to how you think this front office situation can be fixed and this team can, you know, quickly get back on the right path. What would you suggest? How do you envision that happening? You know what? This team just needs a concrete plan, a plan that everyone in the organization from the top down understands and is behind. 
I think a lot of times when you don't have a conventional GM in place, um, you know, everyone's agenda kind of gets kind of thrown in the mix. You know, you have Bruce's agenda and his plan of what he thinks. Then you might have Doug Williams' plan of what he thinks things look like. And then you have a, 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 a you know, a, a pro personnel uh VP who has his plan and then you have a college personnel guy who has his plan and it's kind of like hey guys we all need to really get together and figure out what's the identity and the plan of this football team and it's hard to do that Aaron without a head football coach because I don't want to put together a team that XYZ coach doesn't feel like he can win with right absolutely Bill Bill Parcells said it the best yeah. Absolutely. If you want to, <laughs> if you're going to make, if you're going to let me cook the food, let me pick my groceries. You can't give me all this tofu and this and that. And then, and then you want steak. You didn't give me the ingredients to make steak. And so, you know, I'm a firm believer in, and that's why I've always wanted to be a front office guy. I flirted with coaching just because I know I would be a great coach. I have so much knowledge and, and, and just situational awareness to pass on. Uh, so I've always wanted, you know, I've always thought I'd be a great coach, but my passion is in is in front office. It's about picking players and sitting down and and hearing a guy's story and, and, and trying to see if if that guy's really about football, if that guy's about himself more so than football. Look, the reason things work in New England is they got a lot of guys who care about football and that football team. And that team is more important than their individual success. I'm not knocking anybody. I was a guy who didn't give a damn about the team. I cared about myself. When I first got in this league, oh, it was about how many Pro Bowls I can make, how, how, how many plays I can make. When I was about to be traded from the Atlanta Falcons, I met with the Washington Redskins. And I met with Vinny Serrato and a couple other coaches. And I remember Greg Blosh, who at the time was a defensive coordinator who served under Greg Williams as Greg Williams' D-line coach. When Greg left, Greg Blosh got the, got the D.C. job. And I remember Greg Blosh asking me, what can you do to help my football team win games? And I went into this long speech about how I can do this, how I can go follow guys, how I can make plays, how I've had all these interceptions and how I score touchdowns. And he said, that's nice. But all you talked about was yourself and what you can do. And I thought it was a trick question. You know what I mean? Yeah, I left yeah. the meeting kind of like, damn, I think I blew that. And then I remember other guys coming to me saying, hey, that's just how Coach Blosh is. He loved you. He knows that when you're great, our team is great. But I ultimately was not there. The trade didn't happen. I ended up, you know, going to Oakland, getting cut, getting back with Blosh and, and, and coming to Washington. And we laugh about that story. And I respect Coach Blosh so much um, now. But now I look back and I'm like, man, the player I was, if he'd have asked me that question year 10 versus year four, Oh, my answer would have been totally different. But that's yeah. the kind of players I want on my football team that care about the team more so than their individual success. And it takes time to so find those ask guys. That it's same a culture. Question? Would you ask oh, that if you were the yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's a culture. It's it's one hundred percent a culture uh change that needs to happen. And, you know, it starts from the top and it starts from everybody understanding we're a part of a team. And we're not working against each other. And so if I want Joe Schmo and, you know, the head coach wants, you know, this guy and the president wants the other guy, yeah. cool, let's make our cases, 
whoever we end up getting, let's all be on the same page for that dude to be successful. That's what I don't think sometimes happens. I think sometimes people are are a little mad that they didn't win the argument or their guy wasn't chosen. And so and that the needs success to go out of the yeah, window. That yeah, that got mentality. to go out the window, man. Because at the end of the day, we're all on the same team. And as coaches always like to say in a training camp when players get to fighting, we're all on the same team here. Yeah, coach, you're right. Sometimes those guys need to understand we're all on the same team. And it's nothing communication can't fix. That's the one thing I've learned the older I, I, I get. I like to talk now. I didn't like to talk as much when I was young. I didn't like to voice my opinions um, mm-hmm. because I didn't think they mattered. But it, it, to me, it, it's all about 100% transparency. Let me tell you why I feel the way I feel. Let me mm-hmm. hear why you feel how you feel. And let's figure out if we can somehow make this work. And we might not be able to make it work. Sometimes it's, you just agree to disagree. That doesn't also, mean I don't like you. Exactly. But also, I think it's good that, you know, everyone or the people you're describing in their roles voice their opinion. No two guys are going to have the same thoughts about a certain mm-hmm. player or the direction, mm-hmm. you know, that they're heading. But I think like the defined and clear roles too in the hierarchy, because it seems like there's almost like too many cooks in the kitchen right now. And there's not sort of like defined roles where well, yeah, you well, can voice and, your opinion, but they all have to be on the same page about what direction they're heading. Well, when you say too many cooks in the kitchen, Aaron, give me a comparison. Give me, give me like, what, 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 like, what for do you example, mean? For example, um, you know, I was thinking about this earlier. I mean, with the Darius Geist injury, gosh, it's a great thing that Doug Williams signed Adrian Peterson. Um, but when he did, uh, Doug Williams told the media that Bruce and Dan were a little upset and caught off guard by that, or at least I believe Bruce was. And so to me, it's kind of like you need uh, – uh, first of all, Doug doing that was a great thing for this team. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, obviously, no, Adrian Peterson isn't the same player he was when he's younger, but they really needed that. And now with Bill Callahan, the interim head coach, they're running the ball. He's mm-hmm. he's consistent. He's healthy. Um, he can get on the field. Um, you know, that's one example. And then, uh, you know, another one is when um, the, the team was looking to sign Alex Smith and Doug Williams was reportedly told to turn his phone off um and, and like we'll see you tomorrow and yeah. for someone in that role of vice president of personnel uh yeah you would think he might be in on something like that you know it just seems yeah. like the roles aren't very defined like he could sign adrian peterson and kind of got in trouble for that and then they didn't want him involved in the alex smith decision at all now this is all reportedly i don't want to say i know this for a yeah, fact this is all just kind of what has come out but my thing is it's like having more clear communication and defined roles um as well yeah absolutely and really understanding that yeah those roles are there and those roles are 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 defined but still everyone's voice should have a chance to be heard like mm-hmm. Yeah. The reason that, you know, the reason Google's successful is because they have a think tank where everyone bounces ideas because, hey, it's something you might see that I would have never seen. Why? Because I, I'm only seeing the positive in this in this scenario, in this situation, especially if it's your baby. Right. It's like, hey, look, I can I, I'm only going to show you the positives. So I need everybody beating down my idea and basically tearing it apart to make it successful. You know what I mean? I want yeah. everyone tearing down what I'm thinking 
so we can ultimately come together and figure out, hey, what's the best thing for this team? It's hard because we don't have a head coach. And so even though we have Coach Callahan right now, you know, to to say we know what the identity of this football team is going to be heading into next season is far-fetched because we don't. We have no clue um, what this potential team is going to look like next year, what the identity of this team is going to look like. Coach Callahan's a smash-mouth football kind of guy. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, who who name has come up, he's a scheme you, Andy Reid, let's beat you with all these plays and beautifully drawn up deception, um, you know, kind of banana in the tailpipe type of type of game planning. And um, the enemy that, is your favorite for the job, right? He is my favorite when it comes to developing a young quarterback. He mm-hmm. might not be my favorite when it comes to uh, what kind of leader is he? I don't know Eric B enemy. And so I can't put my stamp of approval just because I don't know everything about Eric B enemy. I know he is a great offensive play caller. I know Andy Reid trusts his creative mind, um, and I and and I, and I know he has great pedigree coming from under Andy Reid's tree. Andy Reid, you know, he's he's a lovey-dovey type of a coach. He's not a scream, cuss you out, Bill Belichick type of dude. Um, he's not a Bill Callahan type of guy. Coach Callahan's a little more fiery, um, and so I don't know what kind of coach this team is looking for. I know the kind of coach I think they need, but I'm going to keep my comments to myself. Why? Um, but it's because I don't want to give this, I don't want to give the blueprint away just yet. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to give you the blueprint paid, away just yet. You need yet. to get paid as a GM for that. <laughs> I, hey, I got some, hey, I got some groundbreaking ideas now. That's, a, that's a good idea. Don't, don't, hey, don't spill the beans me and John, here. Me and John steal. Lynch, me and John Lynch before that Baltimore 49ers game had some had some good conversations about just the way in which the league is trending and how how he thinks um, you know you should play defense how I think you should play defense um, you know when you're a former player and especially myself Aaron I might not have won Super Bowls um, and I might not have been a perennial. Uh, 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 pro bowler but I was I was a damn good player and I think every player I played against respects that understands that when 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 I suited up you was gonna get all I had Mm -hmm. and that's why I think so many people respect the way I played the game because especially later in my career it, it, it it became less and less about me and more and more about the team. What can I do yeah. for this team? What you want me to play? You want me to play safety? You want me to go follow this dude? You want me to go over there? You want me to do this? Cool. Mm-hmm. Like it mm-hmm. became about that. And the more you can you can you can get through the guys, the more you can relate to guys, the more you can pull pull the greatness out of those guys, man. London Fletcher was one of the most powerful motivators I've ever been around. He pulled so many great plays out of me and he taught me so much that I mean, I feel like I owe it to this organization, I owe it to 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 whoever's next in line to try to pull the best out of them. Um, you know, you you you're watching Dunbar ball because we poured so much into him at a young age that he he like he is, he he expects it now. He mm-hmm. works and he understands when you work, results follow. Yeah, 
Yeah. And also another thing that I love of why I think you would thrive in that GM role is how you've described sort of your um, progression in the league, talking about kind of being like a me guy. And then you were like the unselfish guy. And so you can relate to so many different types of players and be able to pull the very best out, out of them because you've kind of like gone through so many different roles and really like matured in the NFL where I think you'd be able to connect and figure out, okay, how am I going to get this guy to tick or what makes this guy tick because you can connect because you've been there. Yeah. And I'm a realist, Aaron, you know what I mean? Like I play the game, but for the most part, I'm going to be as respectful as I can, but I'm going to try to be honest with you. You know, I think a lot of front office guys tend to play that game. Um, and one coach that I remember Raheem Morris, uh, you know, the one thing he taught me was you always need to be honest with your players yeah. because if they don't know, how can they fix it? How can they be better? How can you expect the guy who you're telling after you come out of meetings with the other execs as coaches, they all meet and talk about the performances and what players need to do what. And I've had numerous coaches come in and tell me, oh, everything's great. And it's like, dude, we play like crap. What you mean everything great? And then I had another and, and, and then I had another coach whisper in my ear, hey, yeah, man. Now they was actually bashing uh so and so. Look, if he don't do this, he's gonna be out of this, he's gonna be off this team. And that young guy has no clue that he needs to work on XYZ. And, and so, so how if can you I fix it and get better? How, how can I get better if I don't know I need to get better? That's the best piece of advice I gave a young Sean McVeigh. He said, D Hall. Man, why do you guys respect Raheem Morris? Why do you guys love Raheem so much? Why do you love Ra? I said, Sean, the one thing you're going to notice, if you, like, players are going to automatically trust you. You're a cool guy. You're young. But if you can get that player to really, really believe that, whether you do it intentionally or unintentionally, but if you can get that player to believe that you have his best interests at heart, that you want him to succeed just as much as you want yourself to succeed, man, that dude will run through a brick wall for you. And Sean mm -hmm. was able to do that with this tight end room we had. And he was able to go in there in L.A. and prove to all of those guys in that locker room that, hey, I need y'all more than you need me. And those dudes rallied behind Sean. They fought hard as hell for him. Um, and, and they made it to a Super Bowl last year. They're a little bit, you know, they don't have the the offensive linemen they they need to really be you know compete this year, but they're still fighting. They're still fighting and clawing, and you know it was the same. It was the same mindset we had for Raheem Morris. We didn't want to let him down. We didn't want him to look bad. We didn't want to give up plays because it was like God, man. We man, we gave up that play. Rod told us that play was coming, dog, and we mm -hmm. gave it up. Man, we making him look bad. Like yeah. that's what it became about. It didn't become about. Dang, D. Hall, you ain't make that play. Dang, uh, Jay, no, you didn't make that play. It became about, hey, bro, we're going to make this play. Ra told us it's coming. He prepared us. Let's go out here and ball. Like, that's what it became about. Balling so that your coach got the recognition so that he climbed that ladder of D.C., head football coach. And, like, those those are the moments when you as a player are like, man, like, oh, we, 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 we did that. We did that. Yeah. We got Like, it's teams – and units that feel like that. I can remember the Legion of Boom talking to Cam Chancellor. And he took pride in knowing that that defense was the reason Dan Quinn got a head job. Gus Bradley got a head job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that. 
we went out and balled so so hard that they got no they got no choice but to take our take our DC and make him a head football coach. That's awesome. I love that. All right, so the Eagles roll to town. Uh, they'll be at FedEx Field on Sunday, one o'clock kickoff. So we'll be back to preview that later this yeah. week. We want to thank all of our subscribers and listeners. What you got going this week, D Hall? Uh, shoot, nothing, man. I'm heading back from LA to DC. Uh, shoot, I might even try to go check the game out. I, I, I need to see. I, I need to see one, and I think this might be one we can get. I'm saying it now. All right. Eagles don't All look right. that good. <laughs> okay, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, curious to see how Dwayne's doing this week as well, um, but can't wait for that game on Sunday. We will preview it later this week. We want to thank all of our listeners and subscribers. You guys are the best. I know it's been a long season. Hang in there. Things are definitely... I feel like 2020 is going to be a bounce-back season. Uh, for the 2020 has to be. After every <laughs> storm, there's a rainbow. We've, we've had a couple storms. We're ready for this rainbow to come. I agree. I agree. All right, D-Hall, I'll catch up with you later this week. All right, sounds good, Aaron. Hall and Hall, out. Out.